listener production. Why the next time you eat seafood, there's a good chance it's been illegally fished. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. Estimates say one in five fish caught every year is fished illegally or comes from unreported or unregulated sources. Today, I talked to Cosmos magazine journalist Ellen Fidian about seafood fraud and how there's no guarantee the seafood you buy is what the label says it is. Okay, Ellen, I want to ask a big yet kind of basic question here. Seafood fraud, what exactly does this refer to? So seafood fraud is basically misleading consumers, so you and me, about where our seafood has come from. The end goal is people making money off misleading other people when they're actually selling you something else. Say you're buying something labelled king prawns in a supermarket, it could actually end up being something else like tiger prawns, which if you go down to a supermarket, they're usually about half the price. So this is called mislabeling, and this is a really, really widespread practice. Back in 2020, The Guardian did an analysis looking at 44 different studies in 30 countries, and they found that more than one in three seafood samples from restaurants and shops and fishmongers were mislabeled as another species. Okay, so one in three. I mean, that's a whole lot of seafood being palmed off as a different type of seafood. Yeah, it's pretty high. And this isn't the only investigation that's found something like this. Another one recently looked at fish that was labelled as snapper um, that was sold in six different countries, including Australia. And it found that 40% of the fish that was tested in this investigation had been mislabeled. The mislabeling might not always be deliberate. It could be unintentional. And it's not always the distributor or the supermarket's fault. Seafood fraud is a systemic issue. So what we're seeing as it becomes worse is that there's no guarantee that the seafood you are buying is what the label says that it is. All right, so let's unpack a few things here, Ellen. I mean, what is the root cause of all of this, at least here in Australia? So it's worth taking a look at what sort of seafood we eat and where it comes from. We eat quite a bit of seafood in Australia, um, about 12 or 13 kilograms per person per year. That's mostly things like tuna, salmon, prawns, and actually shark as well. So flake at the fish and chip shop, that's actually shark. I did know that and I don't get flake because it makes me feel bad. Fair. Now, about two thirds of the seafood we eat is imported, mostly from three countries. So that's Thailand, China and Vietnam. Okay. All of these countries have fairly poor regulations when it comes to fishing practices. There's not that much oversight over what people are fishing. So that includes fishing where you're not supposed to, fishing certain species that you're not really supposed to, and overfishing as well, taking more than you ought to be taking. On top of this, the supply chains can be really, really murky and difficult to figure out. So everything between where the seafood's getting fished or farmed and then how it ends up on your plate. It's very, very difficult to untangle all of that. And because it's so murky, there are a bunch of things that can happen. So things like fish laundering, small fishing boats offloading their catch to big cargo ships at sea. So they basically can kind of dump it somewhere after fishing it. 
And also seafood can pass through lots of different ports for processing and packaging and shipping. So at any point in the system, things can kind of slip through, making it really, really difficult to track unofficial catches. Right. As a matter of fact, we don't actually even know how much fish we're catching worldwide. See Around Us, which is an international research initiative based in Canada, they've got only a very rough estimate of legal and illegal catches each year. They put it at about 90 million tonnes per year. Whoa. So in summary, we don't really know how much we're catching. We don't know where we're catching it from. And we're seeing some shady and illegal practices kind of across the board that trickles down to what ends up on your plate. That said, there are ways to trace your seafood and scientists are coming up with even better methods of tracking exactly where our seafood is coming from. Okay, that's good news then. So there's science and methods out there to sort of map out the seafood fraud problem. Let's look a little closer at these methods. What exactly is going on in this space? So one, which addresses the mislabeling issue, is a practice called DNA barcoding. So this can tell you what the species actually is if you don't know or you can't tell straight away. Basically, you compare the DNA profile of a seafood sample against a library of known species. Okay. There are a couple of issues with this. One is that genetic testing, so using DNA samples, can be a fairly expensive thing to do. And the other trick is it doesn't address where the seafood is coming from. It can only tell you what species it is. Right. So if you're trying to figure out whether the fish has been fished illegally, if it's you know legal to catch it in some places but not others, DNA testing can't tell you that. But there is other research that can tell you a little bit more about the location the fish has come from. There's some new research that gets into some fairly nifty but nitty-gritty science on this. Okay, cool. Ellen, we love this. Run us through some of this science. How nitty-gritty are we talking? So we're looking at shellfish shells and octopus ears, and we're actually (laughs) looking sort of at individual atoms within them. So this is pretty granular stuff. It's very cool. I want to talk about one research project in particular that's come out of the University of South Australia. Like we've been talking about, these researchers are trying to track where certain seafood products have originally come from, so where they were initially caught or farmed. And they're looking at very specific chemical markers in different seafood species to try and figure this out. Okay, Ellen, so you're Cosmos's resident chemistry expert. So spell this out for us. What are these chemical markers and what can they tell us? They're basically looking at individual oxygen atoms. Some atoms of the same element can have slightly different masses. Mm -hmm. So there are slightly heavier and slightly lighter oxygen atoms. These are called isotopes. Yeah. So heavier isotopes, lighter oxygen isotopes. The concentration of heavier and lighter oxygen atoms varies around the world in the world's oceans in fairly precise ways. So if you know the concentration of heavier oxygen isotopes in a certain region, you can then identify things that came from that region. So it's like a little chemical signature, basically. Oh, cool. This is a fairly well-known practice. It appears all over geology, uh, forensic science, archaeology. Lots and lots of different researchers use this. I worked with a researcher at Flinders University once, a guy called Stuart Walker, who didn't cut his hair for 10 years and then sent hair samples off to forensic labs around the world and they could use the isotopes in his hair to figure out where he'd lived over that decade. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. 
So it's this trick that researchers at the University of South Australia were interested in using to figure out if they could trace the origins of seafood. These researchers took a close look at the way fish species absorb these oxygen isotope concentrations from the water, mm-hmm. particularly shellfish. They have these similar oxygen isotopes in their shells, and fish and octopus can do this too. So the tiny bones in their ears have isotope concentrations that reflect the water around them. Okay, that is really cute that these fish and octopus have these tiny little bones in their ears that can be used as markers to tell us where they're from. I love that. It's super sweet. So the researchers mapped these isotopes in seafood bones and shells from around the world. From this, they were able to get regional indicators that could tell you where seafood had come from. For instance, figuring out whether it was caught in tropical waters in Asia or in temperate seas in southern Australia. They can't get super granular yet. They can't tell you like exactly where the fish came from with this signature, but they can narrow down the areas where it was likely caught. And they're looking further into this. They think with more isotope markers, they could get even more specific. Okay, Ellen. So this might sound like a bit of a silly question, but other than me potentially buying and eating seafood that isn't what it says it is on the tin... Why is seafood fraud such an issue? I mean, how ultimately does it affect you or me? I think it's a fair question, and there are a bunch of different answers. Obviously, first, you're being misled, so people generally don't like that. But digging a little bit deeper, it can actually pose a few serious health risks. So the seafood could contain contaminants, things like seafood-borne parasites, and it's harder to track them if there are issues with mislabeling. This also then poses biosecurity risks to Australian fisheries. Mm -hmm. The other trick is that mislabeling illegal catches can devalue fisheries that are doing the right thing, because obviously it's more expensive to fish things properly and sustainably and tick all of those boxes. So if you can't make as much money off that, that causes problems. So there's a lot going on at an industry level that could play out, but also needs to be fixed. Now, not to put the onus entirely back on us as individuals here, but say, if I want to be more across where my seafood is coming from, how can I do that? Obviously, individuals can educate themselves about this, learn more about where your seafood might have been caught. There are hotlines in each state and territory where you can report any suspected fraud if you think there is fraud going on. Okay. Ultimately, this really is an industry problem, though. This is something that governments and businesses need to get on. There needs to be tighter regulations on where the seafood comes from, and businesses need to be a lot more vigilant about tracing their seafood and a lot more clear about keeping all of their paperwork in check and where they think the seafood has come from. But certainly consumers knowing that seafood fraud is a thing that happens and that what's on your plate might not be what the label says it is, that's an important first step. Ellen Fidian is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. An article by Claire Watson also helped make this episode. That article is called Catching Fishy Imports to Tackle Seafood Fraud. Subscribe to Cosmos Weekly to read more. Just head to cosmosmagazine.com. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Dave Stein. 
Our executive producer is Carla Arnold. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time.